Hi, and welcome to the Village Trader Podcast. I'm your host, Njabul Ntsubayne. This podcast is aimed to help new and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. This is episode number 39. In this week's episode, I'm chatting with Fred Babu. He's a stocks trader. He's an investment and trading coach. Uh, pretty much like a lifestyle coach. Is that a fair uh, description? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, good day. Good day to all of you listeners. Um, Jabalo. Sorry, Njabulo. Is that yes, pronouncing it correctly? Yeah, Njabulo. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for having me on here today. Um, by the way, this is my first ever podcast that I ever did. So I'm really excited to be on here and sharing my knowledge and journey, basically. Um, but yeah, that is a fair assessment. Um, I'll take that. Yeah, okay. I know, thank you. Thank you for your time. And uh, we we very, very happy to, uh, for lack of a better word, break your virginity into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> yeah, man. So just take me quickly, uh, just take quickly take me through um, uh, a little bit about yourself and your introduction into the financial markets. What got you interested into this industry? Okay, cool. So um, that's quite interesting, actually. I So basically, I'm originally from Rwanda um, and I migrated to South Africa, mainly due to the conflict and the war that was um, happening in Rwanda during the 90s, right? Um, mm-hmm. Came to South Africa. My mom placed me in a children's home um, in Lawrence House. It's in Cape Town, um, CBD, because she wasn't able to take care of me. You know, she was unemployed. Um, anyway, long story short, um, I stayed in the children's home for about 10 years, between 2005 till 2015. Learned a lot of skills, learned a lot of discipline, learned a lot of hard work throughout the, throughout the years. Um, and... Eventually, I worked hard enough to go to university, right? So, and that doesn't start at 2016 um, to go and do my economics degree. Mm-hmm. While I was at university, um, I applied for a scholarship in 2017. So that's was my second year. And by the time that I was applying for the scholarship, my tuition and accommodation had already been covered for my degree, right? Because I had mm-hmm. gotten a bursary prior to that. So... And then I got accepted um, in early 2017 for the scholarship. The interesting thing that it, it, it came with an allowance of $450. I think it was around 7,500 rand, right, a month. Now, this was money I really didn't need at all. Um, I already was working a part-time job. Uh, I was working at a bar while studying. Um, and I just always liked doing extra things on the side, you know, just to make money. I was that type of person. I'm a hustler. Um, I can't just sit because I never had a mom who was giving pocket money. She was still unemployed at the time. So while I was at university, I always wanted to find ways to make money, you know. Mm-hmm. I worked at a bar. I did photography. I bought myself a camera. I also did photography. Um, but really what changed was when also I used to, I used to certain weekends on my laptop, try to search search on Google and YouTube, how can I make money online? So at the early, I would say late 2016, my first year, that's when I came across trading. Um, and I was really quite interested, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you can use your laptop, you can use Wi-Fi, which I had at my res at university. So all I really needed was laptop, Wi-Fi, download the, the broker to trade on um, and some cash, right? So, but at the, at I would say end of 2016, I never really had much cash. I only had the, but I saved up from my 
part-time work. And then when my scholarship came, um, that is when I really got involved. I, I would save that monthly allowance, which I really didn't need. And then I would use some of that to start trading. Um, so that's how it really, really started, I would say early, early 2017. <clears throat> okay, did you, did you experience yeah. any early success or? Um, um, no, so <laughs> yeah. So I remember actually I saved three months worth of that allowance and then I then went to, into trade, right? Prior to that, I had done only a bit of like, I would say not much practice on my demo account. So I would probably would have had two to three weeks of just playing around, you know, especially with Forex because that's what's the main thing that I was finding on YouTube is Forex traders. So I played around with currency pairs, but I never really understood how they relate, you know? Um, but I would just obviously knew that if I buy and it goes up, I make money. If, if I sell and it goes down, I make money. So that was the two main concepts that I understood. So then after like three or four weeks, I used these three months worth of saving that I got from my allowance. Um, and then within five weeks, I had blown that account, right? Mm -hmm. And if I have to think to myself, that was a total of about at least 21K, 21,000 Rand. Um, so I'd blown that account. And then, I don't know, I just sat there for about a few days after trying to think to myself, like, does this work? How did I lose some money? Um, but a lot of it was due to inexperience. Um, I also remember that I never had a trading plan, never really knew what risk management was like properly back then, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I blew out my account at least twice prior to when I started making real money. No, or, and what markets did you uh, did you only trade forex in the beginning, or did you dab into um, different asset classes? So at the start, actually, I dabbled into different assets. But when when I when I when I lost some money on forex, um, I was like, okay, maybe forex is not for me. So then I went to binary. Binary is quite binary options is quite interesting because it's not like it's it it has an ex, an expiry time to your trade, right? So mm -hmm. you could say, okay, um, for example, if you're trading binary on stocks, you could say, okay, you're expecting this stock is going to be up within 24 hours, right? Now, it's either it either works or it doesn't. So you put in a buy and you're like, okay, in 24 hours, price will be above your your entry price. And if it is above your entry price, even by little, that's when your um, trade is successful, right? And it's guaranteed a certain amount of percent, whether it's 80%, 70%. Um, so I dabbled into binary. And then I also moved on into a bit of commodities like gold, silver, um, and oil. And that was, I would say it was up and down. I would make some money and then I would lose some. Um, but really, really what changed was when I came to stocks because it made more sense because at the time when I was trading, I also found out that I also started reading up about investing. So I opened up my long-term investing portfolio and I realized it was slight, it was really like there was a lot of similarities into investing long-term, buying shares in companies and actually trading stocks. And as I went along, the only difference that I noticed was the actual this concept called leverage, what a lot of traders use in order to make a lot of money in the short term um, mm -hmm. is leverage. So that was the only difference that I started noticing between the two, buying shares. 
um and it was quite fascinating to me because having gone through all of commodities binary forex and income into stocks i realized that stocks was i understood it better i especially the fundamental analysis which is like the news related um side to it when you have to be able to analyze news and see how that affects the share price of a company that i i understood better than um compared to currencies for example so yeah that is i did definitely dabble in a lot of those um other assets okay and currently do you only trade stocks or you still you know diversified in, in terms of asset classes um i currently only only share stocks like i only i invest 7 days a week i invest time into only trading stocks on weekends as well i spend about i'd say at least 7 to 10 hours of researching and just looking at price movements of the previous week how how stocks have performed um yeah i only focus primarily on stocks okay um jse or um us Both. Um, mainly, mainly US, but uh, JSE as well. I do oh, follow okay. JSE. Um, because I'm also invested long term into um a, a number of JSE companies. Um, so I do follow, especially the news related stuff. But it's mainly due to, I'd say, long term investment, but mm. not necessarily like short term trading. But in terms of short term trading, I do focus primarily on US companies. Okay, got you, got you. And um, can you can you please take me through your approach to the markets? Um, like what what defines an opportunity for you, and uh, what are you looking for uh, in stocks? What makes you buy stock A instead of B? And um, like your entry process, your exit process, and that sort of thing. And like. Okay, so I will. So I try and keep things really, really simple. Um, Just to just to start off with, so I follow a strategy called the money flow trading strategy, right? It's mm-hmm. by a guy called Joe Peters. Um, I wouldn't say he's famous, but he is. You can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Instagram. He's quite um, very active on Instagram. And this guy's really like he's really special to me because um, back when I started, I'd say early 2017, and I was struggling. I blew up my account like twice. Lost quite a bit of money in that process. And then I came across him online um, late, I would say around June 2017 or May 2017. Oh, I'm not sure which is that month, but it was mid mid 2017. I came across him. I started following his content. Um, now he's been trading for over stocks for over 20 years. Um, he's also got different other investments that he's into, but mainly. With regards to the stocks, um, he started this trading strategy called the money flow trading strategy, and I would follow him. And then I decided to join his society, um, which uh, which he did charge a monthly subscription. But I was able to afford it um, based on my allowance that I was receiving at Bossy, right? So mm-hmm. I then joined his monthly subscription to his trading society from around July, I would say, um, 2017 till about. End of 2018, just to the beginning of 2019, um, and he uses this trading strategy called the money flow trading strategy. It has just, I would say, three indicators: your MACD, your RSI, and your stochastic. It also has four moving averages. Um, sorry, I'm just naming this in case there's any 
traders listening to, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it yeah, has yeah. four moving averages. It has the five-day, the five, the 10, the 20, and the 200 EMA, right? Exponential moving averages. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what's those moving averages? And there's three indicators which I primarily use. Um, we really just analyze charts, right? So how I go about my routine, um, I try to follow a simple routine over and over every single week. I don't try to change it, mix it. Um, I've backtested the strategy. I've seen that it works. And I have since, I would say, since start of 2019 or mid 2018, I've really just been using the same strategy over and over. Um, okay. just practicing it right so mm-hmm. the way in which i go about it i've got 40 different stocks right that i keep on my watch list now these are i'd say really companies that are well known like your main a lot of your tech companies your facebook your google amazon um, tesla um you have visa you have mastercard you've also got some um companies in different industries like consumer discretionary um Companies like Amazon, um, you also have Boeing, you've got Twitter. So, you know, those type of companies, right? It's it's your main, your big market cap. So companies that have a huge market cap, Mm -hmm. normally companies that have a huge market cap, they have high volume traded in sessions. Now that's good because you want to be trading with companies that have high volume. More volume there are, the easier being traded, the better, (laughs) right? In my experience. So I have 40 different companies that I have on my, on my watch list. Now, these this list has not changed for, I'd say, at least the last two years. I've, I've kept the same list, right? Mm-hmm. So what I do is every single week on Saturday um, or Friday, I'll say it's Friday and Saturday, I would sit and analyze them. I would look at them on different time frames, right? So I would start by looking at them on one month. Where exactly are they? Like, I'll look at the RSI. Is it overbought? It is it oversold, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same with the MACD. I'll try and see where exactly price is for all of these stocks on, on a one month, on a one day time frame, on a four hour time frame, and on a one hour time frame. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, coming back to once I get to the one hour and I've scanned it, everything, normally the one hour and the 15 minute time frame is what I use to enter into trades it's mm-hmm. my time frame that i use to decide whether to enter um so my strategy really is quite simple i never really short stocks i never really make try and make money by selling because mm-hmm. i'm not sure if a lot of you guys who might not be aware but you're giving money both ways you're giving money by selling um or buying in trading mm-hmm. it's different to buying shares if you're a long-term investor you really when you sell it's when you actually sell the shares but in trading you can make money both ways Mm-hmm. So I only buy, right? So in that scenario, I would scan for, um, I would scan for opportunities where company prices are over oversold. So when the RSI is really low, right? When mm-hmm. the stochastic is also on the bottom side, um, and that is really, I'd say, my plan. I've got a trading plan um, with regards to my management, the way in which I. Re- Manage my risk is quite simple. I'm going to try and explain this just in an easy way that everyone can understand. I So for every position that I take, mm-hmm. right, I only risk 25% of that investment. 
So let's just say I take 1,000 Rand or $1,000 um, into a trade, right? My stop loss will always be either 25, negative 25 of that amount or less or negative 20. I, I normally like playing around with negative 20 and 25. So I've, for the last two years, I've never risked more than 25% per trade. Um, my take profit target is normally at 100%, right? So that's where I'll put my take profit target at 100% per trade. So that is really how I go about managing my risk. Um, I know that when I place a trade, I automatically put my stop loss in negative 25 or negative 20, and my take profit at 100% for that trade. Now, I do use a leverage of 20 when I trade. Um, so that does kind of help in terms of being able to reach my profits in a short period of time. And that is the way in which I go about my risk management. Now, it's really, I find what's really the hardest part, the hard work in this whole process is really trying to find entry points that mm -hmm. are favorable to the strategy that I'm using, right? That is the most difficult part because you can, anyone can go and place trades at any given day. Um, but it, it's, it's really the experience of week in, week out, sitting and looking at price movement and trying to analyze to see what is a good entry point that suits your strategy, right? And unfortunately, this is not something anyone can teach another person. This is something that one has to sit down and, and practice and months and months after, after each other. And after a while, you start to realize that actually, you know what, some, some stock price movement actually repeat themselves. You see the same pattern over and over, right? So through mm -hmm. that experience, you, you're able to make better decisions. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you mentioned that uh, you, uh, your, your risk is sitting at about 20, 25%. Is it 20, 25% of the price of the stock? If the stock falls by 25%, you want to be out or um, is it 25% of your account equity and uh, uh, which one is it? So it's, 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 I'll say it's 25% from the point that I enter, right? So remember, I'm using a leverage, I, I like to use a leverage of 10 and 20. So, mm -hmm. so with leverage, things are really volatile. Like if you're a new trader, I would highly advise you not to actually use a, a high leverage, right? Mm -hmm. But what the higher leverage you use, the more volatile and riskier um the markets are right mm -hmm. but i normally use a leverage of 20 right so it's 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 from the point at which i enter so i could for example um i entered on monday i entered a netflix um i entered a netflix trade on monday uh, mm -hmm. i invested in a thousand dollars right but i entered netflix at a price its share price at that point was 495 mm -hmm. right that's what netflix current share price was now, from that point, had it dropped long enough to, I would say, let's just say, if I'm using a um, if I'm using a average of 25, so that would have been at least 1.0, I think, 25%. Had it dropped more than 1.025% with a leverage of 20, I would have, it would have probably hit my stop loss. That, I'm not sure if those are the accurate numbers, but I'm just kind of, I'm trying to make a prediction right now. But had a job at least more than 2%, which will be negative 40, that would have hit my stop loss, right? But it hadn't, it, it didn't go that way, right? So 
I entered that price and it dropped slight but before it continued going up. So it's mm -hmm. to answer your question, it's really about the, at the point at which I enter, right? Mm -hmm. Now that 25% is just based on the traded amount. So if I decide, okay, I'm only trading one, if I've got a, for example, I've got a, a um, trading capital with 10,000 and I decide I'm only gonna trade 1,000 into a trade, that 25% is only of that 1,000 that I'm currently trading and not the total capital. Oh, okay, okay. And then, and yes. and what what informs um, um, that thousand rent? Assuming, let's assume, uh, just you know, throwing some numbers in the air, um, a thousand, uh, ten thousand rent portfolio. What what informs uh, you to say I'm going to buy a thousand dollars worth of Netflix or a thousand dollars worth of Apple or whatever the case is? It's, it's um, so it's another concept within trading, um, it's position sizing. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. Um, something that I learned from Jerry Peters in his society as well. It's, it's knowing as you, as you start to get um, consistent profits, it's knowing really how to, how to take the amount of capital that you have and deciding how much are you going to risk the trade, right? So mm -hmm. let's just say, for example, you've got 10,000 Rand again. Um, I normally advise a lot of new traders to risk only at least 10% of the trading capital. They shouldn't risk per trade or more, right? So mm -hmm. now for me to answer your question, what decides that is really my trading, um, my trading strategy. I've decided that I'm I'm never risking more than I never risk more than twenty percent of my capital okay. for trade. So I only risk twenty percent or less. Some most of most of the time it's only ten percent. Most of the time I'm only risking ten percent um, per trade, but it's never. So you I'll never have more than twenty percent of my capital within a trade or multiple trades. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, so, so that is, that helps me that helps me manage risk much better because I know that okay, I'm only risking twenty percent of my capital. If that twenty percent doesn't work out, um, if that twenty percent hits stop loss, I only lose negative twenty five percent of that twenty five of that twenty percent that I risk. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, so that is, yeah, that is that is how I go about. It. It's really about position sizing. I've now, I started off as a low number. Um, at the beginning, I, I never used to risk more than 5% of my capital. And then as my capital started increasing, I started growing it. Um, I then moved up 10%. I was like, okay, let me try and trade a bit more. Um, trying to use more for per trade. So I was like, my limit now is 10%. And then as my capital continued to increase, I made I pushed it up to 20. So I'm currently at 20. Um, I don't think I'm going to move it up anytime soon. Um, but yeah, that is how I go about my position sizing. I don't risk more than 20% of the total capital that I have. Okay, that's that's quite fun, fascinating. So just to to, to to understand it properly. So you put a, a say you have $10,000, you risk 10%. Um, that means on a trade, you're gonna buy a thousand rands worth of, of whatever it is, Netflix or whatever the case is. And then the risk on yeah. that, trade when you lose 20% of that thousand rand so when you lose about $200 then you exit the trade which yeah. is 
Um, yeah, it's automatically activated. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing the math in my head. That's about two percent of your account equity if it was ten thousand ten thousand dollars. That is correct. Yeah. That is oh, correct. okay. That that was quite a fascinating way of. Um, so. Yeah, that is the you have to and 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 really once you go deep into once you're a long term trader, you realize that you have to start recording this stuff. You know, you mm -hmm. have to start recording your results. You have to. Because you need to be able to see your performance. It's not all going to remain in your head. If you've been doing this for about a year or two, you can't keep everything in your head and you, you can't remember your performance back when you started, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so the way in which I normally try, try and tell people is you the, the goal is to not make a lot of money or make 100% or 80% each time. The goal is to remain profitable. So let's just say, for example, we take, you've tested your strategy and you know it works, right? All you have to do, for example, over a period of 10 trades, if we're using my strategy, right? And we say, okay, we're going to, in, we're going to trade $1,000 per trade, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. And we're saying that our, our, our stop loss is a negative 25 or negative 20. Let's just say our stop loss is negative 20 for each trade, right? My, my, I always say you only need to get at least five or six trades, right? That's all you need out of the 10, mm -hmm. now, right? So if, for example, four of them do not work and they go and hit your stop loss of 20, right? So that will be what? 20% of a thousand, that'll be 200. So if you take a total of four, there'll be 800 that you've lost, $800 you've lost, cool, right? Mm -hmm. But if the other six do plan out the way you have planned in that time period that you've been trading, let's just say it's a month. If the other six do go according to your plan, and they hit your take profit target of a thousand. I mean, oh, sorry, of a hundred percent, right? That will be six thousand for each of those six trades. Do you do you see that? Yeah, yeah. Because if you if if you make a hundred percent on those six trades, that will then be for every thousand that you've traded, there will be six thousand, right? So over a period of ten trades, you might have lost eight hundred, but you still come out profitable. Mm -hmm. And you would still be profitable if it was five to five. If you only, if you won five and you lost five out of the mm -hmm. 10, you'll still come up profitable. So that is the idea is to really try and find profitable um, or try and find setups that are going to, that are in your probability, that are probably going to work for you. And if they don't work out, that's fine. It's part of the game. But ideally, ideally in the long run, Right, you need to try and find a strategy that over all your trades per month, if you take 10 or 20 or 30, at least half of them need to be need to have reached your take profit target. So that's the only way you're going to remain profitable. Yeah, and 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 that's that's one of the the uh, aspects of trading that most, especially new new traders, uh, um, struggle to uh, to understand is the impact of um, uh, the risk reward ratio there, because I think that's what you are leading to that um, if, you, if you're wrong, you're wrong small, but if you're right um, with, with whatever strategy that you're trading, uh, but if you're right, you, your, your winners needs to be uh, bigger than your losers are. That is, that is true, that is true. Um, that is very true. And I also just want to point out something is I think what a lot of people struggle in, I struggled with this in the beginning as well. Um, I do have, I would say, I'm still currently working on it, but I do have much more discipline, right? Is, mm -hmm. is that need to always take trades? Um, is, is the feeling, especially when you're starting off, it's, it's like the need to always be go back in the market and 
place trade and you know that is that normally happens due to a lack of not having a plan and due to a lack of discipline and inexperience right now that costs a lot of people money i've noticed it with my coaching students noticed it with my friends and myself in the beginning right people for some reason fail to follow a plan i was a i was i'm also one to admit in the beginning i failed to follow a strategic plan right mm-hmm. and what ended up happening was, was i would sit in front of the screen every single day going in and out of trades in and out of trades you know i would make some money and then i think okay cool that wouldn't be enough and then i'll go back in and then i would lose all the money i made you know and then i would feel like going back because i felt <laughs> like i need to go and get that money back you know so it's like this constant <laughs> like fight with the market when you don't realize like the market will always be there you can't you can't predict the outcome of the market you can only plan as best as possible right so that is something i had to learn the hard way and yeah. now i'm at a stage where i i try and really say that less is more like like mm-hmm. less meaning the less trade you take the better so i'm at a current stage where i don't take more i'm a swing trader now so um a buy and a hold for about a week or maybe two weeks um that's about it i don't really day trade anymore that is part of my strategy i, sw- I swing trade oh, and okay. i do not take more than four trades per week or per per swing trade mm-hmm. i don't take more than that sometimes it's three sometimes it's two but I, i do not take more than four so what that has taught me really is to try and plan in advance and just try and really look for two or three if it's that's not a lot of trades you know compared to an amount of trades other other people take right and just hold on to them and just and just really really hope that my my work my planning has it's going to work out as planned and then i'll just put in i'll put in the trade and once once you really enter a trade there's not much you can do um the the work is done the markets now you know and knows what the markets are going to do all you can do is just sit back and wait and see what how the things go okay got you got you and um uh, uh you earlier you mentioned that you you, you when when doing your, your chart analysis you were looking at different time frames and then you pick entries on uh, um uh, on 15 minute chart um so do you still yeah. uh If now that you've transitioned more into swing trading do you still pick your entries around that 15 minute one hour time frame yes i do i do um i do the the the, the thing about time frame is um time frames are work in conjunction with each other mm-hmm. so as as a trader whether you're trading currencies whether you're trading commodities you need to you need to get to a point where you do not favor any time frame um to another you you literally need to be able to try and read time frames whether it's a two minute or in one hour or one day you need to be able to know how they relate to each other and not um for example ignore one time frame because you feel like it's not important i think they're all important um so for i swing trade but to enter my trades i would i would go back and look at the small time periods because what you'll notice for example and if you're looking at a one day on a stock a company <laughs> right a company's um stock you'll notice that on a one day time frame price also fluctuates in that one day like it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't just go up or just down right price fluctuates 
Now, if you're using a, using a leverage of 20, um, it's easy for you to enter a trade on a one day and get knocked out of that trade the same day in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able now to go and look at a smaller time frame, um, whether that is an hour, 15 minutes, or 10 or five minutes, and really try and see when it's a good time to enter based on your strategy. So I normally, for my strategy, try and time to see when price drops in that session because I'm looking to just buy, right? So whenever mm -hmm. price drops at a really low um, point, I know that most likely price should go up, um, continue, well, should reverse at some point, right? Depending on the market condition or in that day or in that period um, or whatever's going on with the company and share price. But on a normal average day, on a good day, um, price will fluctuate and when it goes down first, it normally tends to go back up. So I normally wait for that um, on a smaller time frames. Oh, okay. And then once once I'm in, I'll observe it from a huge time frame, which is either one day, yeah, normally one day. Okay. And, and the overnight gaps, um, rather the overnight risk, how do you uh, handle that with with regards with regards to 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 your trades? And do you have an auto automatic stop loss that you place on the market and how far from the price do you normally uh, place that to, to, to factor in the overnight risk? Yeah, so um, if I'm understanding you correctly, we've got with regards to overnight risk. Well, <laughs> see, that is, that is something that I really can't control. Like I have no like <laughs> idea with how for example, tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, um, I really just try and, like, I follow technical trends quite quite a lot. I really try and spend a lot of time studying and seeing support and resistance lines um, on prices, you know. Um, and, and, and they do, most of the time, work. You know, that's the, the funny part, is if you really spend a lot of time, you'll notice that support and resistance. So I normally try and catch the bottom of those supports. That's what I normally try and do. And I would say majority of the time, not all the time, um, they go in my favor, right? So with regards to overnight, I'm not sure what really you meant by that, but I do, my broker that I use, they, I do need to pay overnight fees to hold trades into the following session or over the weekend. Um, there's a percentage of my, that, that they subtract of my capital that they um, take to hold my position. And my stop loss gets, or I put my stop loss on so that if it does trigger, it automatically closes. Same with my take profit. Um, if it does reach that point, it automatically closes. Okay. I meant in terms of yeah. uh, where, where you place your stop loss. Like uh, um, when, when, when placing a stop loss, do you, do you consider uh, gaps uh, um, that, okay, if, 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 it, if it gaps, uh, I need to place my stop, you know, where, far away enough from traffic so that if it does gap uh, um, without, you know, if it gaps in the morning, but, you know, close green in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you see, the problem with that is, so the way my broker works is once the market is closed, there's not, you can't change it. Oh, okay. So, like, on Monday, when I placed that, when I placed my position in Nike and Tesla, I put in my stop loss, my automatic stop loss. Um, 
And then when the markets close, I'm not able to change that. So let's just say pre-market comes and for example, if, if um, Netflix was negative like 2% pre-market on Tuesday, mm-hmm. I would have been knocked out of that trade. I would have been closed, like automatically closed at a negative 25%. Um, oh, okay. There's nothing that I could have done. There's nothing that I would be would have been able to do. Um, so it's just one of those things that I've thought that that I have over time come to try and work around and see how best to how best to allow it to suit me. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's 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 how I've been going. Now I do know and I'm aware that a lot of other brokers out there do do things a bit differently. Um, I know some brokers do allow people to trade trade in margin. I'm not sure if you're aware of that way. It's through mm-hmm. you calculate it through pips, yeah, 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 your yeah. entry points and exit and your stop loss. Um, I don't really trade through margin, um, but yeah, I, that's what I'm. I do. I'm aware of a lot of other brokers do do things differently. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, trading psycho trading psychology is one of the uh, for like a bit of term buzzwords in in our industry, um, which yeah. not only is a buzzword, but it is uh, um, critically important to have a certain mind frame uh, or certain psychology or when when approaching the market. Um, what what does trading psychology means to you, and how is it? How do you how, like how how is your trading impacted by uh, biopsychology when it comes to, to, to trading the markets? So trading psychology, basically to me in simple terms, um, it really means your, your perspective and your, the ability to manage your trade well enough to really detach yourself from the trades, right? The emotional mm-hmm. being, um, it's ability to detach emotional being from the trade and just really view it as a systematic way of doing things, right? Because now it is very difficult for many people because um, due to the fact that it is the money that they are trading in a very volatile market, right? But that's how I, that's how I, I would best um, describe trading psychology, right? So to answer your next question, I think that the way in which I've been approaching trading psychology, I must say I really struggled with this in the beginning. But if there's one thing that I got out of my coach, Joe Peters, um, in the one and a half years that I was with him is, is, is how to go about my psychology, my approach to the markets, right? Mm-hmm. That is the one main thing that I worked on extensively week after week, month after month. Um, and it's really something that you have to work on. Like everyone, like every new trader struggles with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's, it's, it's something that anyone can say that when they started, they, they had immediately or they immediately um, were able to grasp it and, and really master it. No, it is something that you have to work on week after week. Um, and, 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 and through experience, you, you really start to understand that Okay. Yes. Some a lot of the losses do hurt. They hurt most. They hurt you really, especially if you lose a lot of money. A lot of money, right? You do get hurt. Um, but 
you start to realize, okay, I've, I've really felt some, I've really um, had so many losses and you know, I've experienced so many losses. So you start to take losses less from an emotional point of view, but more from a point of view that you understand that, that it's just how things are, right? Yeah, you understand yeah. that yes, some trades you're going to lose, but you just need to make sure that the winning ones cover those losing ones, yeah. right? So you then build the mental strength to deal with losses much more easily. Um, now, either way I've been, I've been going about my trading psychology is I try to not, I know this is quite weird to say, but I try to not pay much attention to my trades. Mm-hmm. So that is why I, I'm a swing trader. So I'll put in my positions, let's just say like I did on Monday. And then I would close my my um, my trading broker. Like I'll close it. And then I'll probably come back on Tuesday. I'll open it up. I'll check up for about an hour or two, see how things are going. Okay, if one of them hit the stop loss, cool. If, if they're still running or one of them hit the take profit, awesome. And then I'll just close it again. So I try and mainly check up on it at least once a day for about an hour max. I don't sit and look at my broker, what's happening, or try and follow price. No, that's not what I do. So that, that helps me with my trading psychology because it allows me to then focus on, on other things. You know, the more I try and sit down and look at my screen, my trading screen, the entire day, for example, um, I tend to get too emotionally involved, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and with, with emotion... With a lot of emotions, sometimes you can make very irrational decisions, decisions that might not go according to your trading plan, you know, um, decisions that might be influenced by greed or fear. So that is how I best call about it. But I really just, like I said, once I place trades, I, I've come to make myself understand that there's nothing more that I can do. Mm-hmm. Like everything is automatically planned. If things go as planned, cool. If things don't go as planned, everything will take care of itself. I don't have to go and watch to see when I should exit the trade or enter, I mean, take profit. That will already that will work itself out, right? Yeah. Um, so that is what I mainly do. That's how I mainly go about trying to deal with trading psychology. But really, to be honest, for a lot of new guys in the game, um, I would say it's really difficult. I don't know how else I would have come. I would have worked and become much more disciplined with my training psychology if it wasn't for having a mentor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that is really what helped me along the path. Because I would sit, for example, I would sit with Jerry Peters every week and we would trade together. He would trade back markets. We made a deal where I was not going to take trades without his presence and him knowing he should know exactly how many trades I was taking, when I was taking. And if I ever felt like doing something... I needed to inform him first before making that decision. Mm-hmm. Now, week and week after doing that, that is how I learned to build the discipline to just follow my plan, to just not be too emotionally involved, you know, to, to, to look at my screen mainly just for a maximum amount of time during the day. I mean, minimum amount of time during the day, whether it's an hour or two, and that's it. Close the, bro- close the screen. Don't. So it's little things like that week after week of just consistently doing that has helped my training psychology. Oh, okay. It's, uh, um, what, what, what informed, like, why don't you short stocks? Is it a um, psychological thing or is it a, like a technical risk management thing? So I think it's a psychological thing. 
um and the reason for that is if you if you are long term like if you hold a long term portfolio as you if you hold shares right you buy mm-hmm. shares and, and you are an investor you hold shares in the com- in different companies now if you go and do research go and look at these big companies for example facebook or let's just say capitec in south mm-hmm. africa right look at these companies look at them over a period of 10 or 20 years look at the share price over a period of 10 20 years what you'll notice is 70% of the time price always goes up Mm-hmm. right you'll notice in that long period that you're looking at there's a gradual upline in terms of price but when you zoom in in the short term price fluctuates like it goes up and down due to different um, world events or due to different events that happen within the company mm-hmm. but in that in, in that fluctuation when you zoom out you're looking at over 10 years or 20 years look at where price its share price was 20 years ago and look at it where it is now and try and work out the exact in term percentage and how much it's increased you will notice a lot of these companies 70% of the time the share price goes up right so i try and trade with that um with that in mind i try and keep that in mind that okay yes things will happen um corona will come around share prices will fall but eventually these are companies that have been standing for more than 10 20 years they price will recover right so that is what i try and, and look for is 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 when these share prices do drop i try and really wait for the recovery points and then enter through once they start recovering oh, okay got you got you um yeah, yeah I, also, i also don't like uh, um trading stocks and i mean shorting stocks and and to your point um you know stocks spend spend a lot of time going um going up than they do going down and you know another thing yeah. that like um shorting stocks is you know the 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 risk is unlimited because you know stocks can only go down 100% but they can go up you know infinite percent um so yeah yeah exactly so that that risk is rather asymmetrical yeah so uh, you mentioned you mentioned that uh, uh you know keeping keeping uh you know a general um uh it, it's quite it's quite important for you uh recording your trades and that sort of thing what what sort of data do you keep on your on your trading journal so the data that i keep is every single trade that i make that um so it's the i have a calendar um and then every month every week i look at the trade that i make how much i've invested in that trade um what was the win percentage how much did, how much return rri did i get mm-hmm. in that specific month of that investment um i also keep track of the trades that did not work so i will note down the date the time so that on weekends when i'm about to plan for the following week i really go back and i look at exactly when i entered um in that specific trade and i look at why why price went down i try and correlate that to any news related what we got to that specific company mm-hmm. um i try and see if there's any news related in that period um so that's mainly what i keep i really keep just a, a, a log in terms of the the amounts invested per month the the, the trade entry points in terms of time and date um the amounts yeah invested 
sorry for repeating that. And really the percentage return every month um, so that I'm able to see whether or not this month I've, I was profitable or not. Um, and then if I was, for example, not profitable, that will guide me into to planning whether or not I should be risking 20% of my training capital or less or maybe 10%, you know? Mm. Um, so I really try and work according to that because it's not, my, I would say my plan is, my whole overall plan is fixed, but it's also, I'm, I'm also able to adjust according to market conditions, you know? Um, and that's an important thing that I try and do is really see how to adjust because if things are not always going to go according to your plan, there could be times where for three, four weeks, you try and use your plan and you notice that things are not going, not working out, right? Mm -hmm. it's, now it's not to say that your plan has become outdated or it doesn't work anymore. It's just sometimes the markets go through those periods where for long period, things <laughs> won't work out. For example, like last year, I would say around about this time, um, geez, last year was, was quite a mess. When, when COVID came, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I'd say March, on March 16th, literally stocks around the world just dropped, right? They mm -hmm. dropped. Now, cool. They dropped for about at least, I'd say a month or two. Cool. So week one would come and I would search, okay, cool. Okay, what came? Um, price, a lot of stocks are probably falling. Let me not place anything this week. And then I would think on the weekend, okay, maybe things are going to get better, you know, you start recovering. Then I would put in position on week two, they continue dropping. Same week three, week four. So I had three, two, I would say three weeks where I, had, I ended the week on loss, on a loss, right? Mm -hmm. Now, after that, I started realizing that because of the current economic events around the world, right? Maybe this might go on for a bit longer. So I had to adjust, right? Mm -hmm. I had to sit back and be like, okay, let me maybe not trade for the next two weeks and just really see what happens. And I did that and prices continued to drop. Um, this was across the board, all industries, all mm -hmm. countries, because everyone was feeling the effects of COVID. There was no one around the world that really was not feeling the effects of COVID. Any, all companies were feeling the effects. So that is a scenario where I had to slightly adjust due to what was currently happening. Um, but it's not to say that my strategy wasn't working. And, 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 and how, like, for, from a mental and emotional standpoint, um, how do you handle those, those drawdown periods? Because, you know, to your point, every system in the world has a drawdown period or has a period where it's misaligned with the market. Um, you know, and, and, and what informs you to say, okay, maybe, uh, you know, I need to stand, stand aside uh, for a moment because I'm not in, in line, I'm not in alignment with the market. And also what informs you uh, um, to then go back into, into the market? So the drawdown periods, um, they're all painful because you, you do lose money, but I think it's, it's a matter of, um how much you'd be losing right mm -hmm. so that is why i really try and risk only 20 or 25 percent right but when i have consecutive losses for like three four weeks where i've just been losing um i try and take a break 
right? I try mm -hmm. and detach myself for about a week or two where I don't do any trades at all. Now, what that tends to do is I try and get involved. I try and continue doing some exercises that really clears your mind. I try and brings more clarity, right? Because because what if you if you if I go back the following week after coming from a back of four losses, four weeks of losses, right? Mm -hmm. I'll be going into that week still from my very emotional point of view. So, so my decision-making might not be as sharp because mm -hmm. I'll still be thinking of all the money that I lost in the past four weeks, right? So um, I've noticed this in the past where I would then go continue to maybe risk a bit more in terms of per trade, mm -hmm. which is not a good idea because that is an emotional point of view. That's not part of my strategy, yeah, right? Yeah. But I've done that in the past. And, and when I reflected, I realized that is probably why I need to maybe just take a break, which I now do. If I, if I experience three weeks of losses, I'd say three weeks at least, I, mm -hmm. I then um, decide to take a two-week two week break where I don't take any trades at all. However, I do still follow the markets. I do still look at price movement. Mm -hmm. I do still use my demo account, right? So I'm still active. But in terms of real money, my real account, I don't use it. Right, so um, and I think and I think it's important for me to mention that because I think a lot of people, especially young people, don't realize that having a demo account and a real account, yes, you you learn, but it's really different in terms of psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's come, it's so different. It's it's a different ballgame, right? So I do still keep active. I do still try and keep up to date with everything that I need to do, but the real account trading that completely stops, and. Um, if I just remember your other part to this question. So what really makes me decide that um, is, wait, so what was your last part to the question? Yeah, I was asking uh, what informs you to, okay, now, uh, you know, you, you found misalignment with the market. You've stayed, you, you, stayed you, you, you stood on the sidelines and what informs you to say, yeah. okay, now it's time to go back into the market. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, it's it's when I really see that um, price movement, price has started moving in my, like price has confirmed that it's in, for example, an uptrend. Because okay. mainly I'm a, I'm a trend trader, right? Um, I like trading when things are on a strong uptrend, okay. when price is on a strong uptrend. So when price has officially properly confirmed that it's an uptrend, and I've back tested it in my demo account um, while I was taking my break, then that's when I normally um, then go back. Oh. When I have like a few days, when I've had a week or a few days of confirmation, like like maybe 10, 10, 10 trades that I've taken on my demo account that has confirmed or more. Okay, cool. It's a good time to go back and then I'll go back. But I normally try and leave at least a week window of not trading at all. No, okay, so uh, um, and I think it's really, yeah. So just to finish, I think that has helped me because it's helped me to balance my whole emotional um, side of things. You know, because because you the same way when you make a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. That is also but dangerous. The same way you when you lose, you 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 hurt and you become fearful. Um, I think it's as it's it's as it's on the same level of making a lot of money and becoming too excited about the fact that you've made a lot. 
uh, you, that emotion is also dangerous, um, right? Yeah, and the reason yeah. why I say that is because sometimes greed kicks into, into the play. Now, I believe every single human being has a, has a level of greed in them. Um, there's no single person that can tell me that. It's just that some people sh- show, show it better than others, right? Mm-hmm. Now, trading really reveals that. If there's, if there's one thing on this planet that can reveal your level of greed, that's trading, right? Yeah, yeah. So with that, um, with that said, I think sometimes when you do, when you fall on the other side and you make a lot of money because um, you maybe for example you went in big on one stock and it just happened to go the way you had planned so you make a lot now in that moment you won't really it's so you won't maybe you won't have clarity so normally when i do make a lot i also take a break okay so for example for me and what i mean by a lot what i mean by a lot is anything above three thousand us dollars Oh, okay. If I make a profit of more than dollars in one week, then I'll take a week break off from trading. I won't trade the following week or maybe for two weeks thereafter. Just to calm myself, just to get some more clarity so that I can just really calm down in terms of excitement and, and just balance, come back to earth, you know, ground myself. <laughs> and then I'll go back. Yeah, and then I'll go back into the market. Yeah, I actually quite like that strategy. I don't personally use it myself, but I I, I quite like it because uh, um, they they uh, think it was Mark Douglas who did, who did mention that a trader is more dangerous to themselves after a run of winning trades than they are after a run of losers. So I quite like a strategy of you know, yeah. let me go come come down. That is very true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, so qu- quickly, man. Uh, before before we before I let you go, just take me through your your, okay. your coaching your your coaching process and the coaching approach. Um, if I come to you, for example, for um to get a little bit of coaching, what what are some of the things that you focus on on uh, on on, the, on your curriculums to to ensure that I move from you know losing money to ultimately making money. Notwithstanding that, um, okay. obviously, when I start trading, you can't trade for me, and you know, I'm still going to make mistakes after, even after being coached. But what are some of the th- key things that you you focus on when coaching someone? Okay, um, sorry. Before I just start, I just need to my listeners. Um, so, for, I do for all of that. I do run camps. Um, one of them is the one is called Investing for Beginners. The other one is a investing for beginners. Sorry, the one is called Investing for Beginners Coaching Program. The other one mm-hmm. is a stock trading coaching program. And the third one that I do run is a how to monetize your lifestyle coaching program. Mm-hmm. So with regards to your question in terms of the stock trading program, the way in which I'll do that is simply by being your accountability partner. And what I mean by that, we'll have an agreement where we only trade together. Like you, the trades that you take, you trade, you take them in my presence, right? And mm-hmm. when you do take them in my presence, um, I will need to know exactly what you want to do before you do them. Okay. Right. And that is, and through weeks and weeks of doing that, we're able to build up the discipline and able, we're able to really nurture your psychology towards the market better than if you had been doing it on your own. 
No. Right now, that is just a brief way of how I normally do it. Because um, that, in that way also, um, you make a commitment to me that you won't go and do things that go uh, against your strategy, for example, or when I'm not around, right? Mm -hmm. um, we mainly just try and stick to the plan that we have set out every single week. Um, and we, if you feel like changing things, you need to communicate that with me um, and give me valid reasons as to why. And then I'll give you my input to tell you what the possible outcome could be if you do decide on doing, taking that decision. Um, but that is mainly how I cope about it. It's really being an accountability partner for you throughout these program, throughout the program. And yeah, if, I can, if that's answers your question. Okay, so you more, it's, it's more than just the, um, you know, teaching the fundamentals of, of trading and the basics and that sort of thing. You also become a trading buddy for, for your coaches. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because, I mean, you know what I realized? Like, um, a lot of everything in terms of theory, in terms of strategy, in terms of technical analysis, these are all things that are free. You can go on YouTube today, spend about two months. You can find the strategy that works for you. You can find, you can know how to read support resistance, what moving averages are, you know how to read price charts, candlesticks, like everything, literally book, everything in the book, right? Mm -hmm. And the more time you spend on them, you'll know them all by heart. You'll know exactly how to explain it to someone else. Mm -hmm. But really, that is <laughs> that is only the, 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 the I would say, the, the, the start. <laughs> to everything what really really matters in the beginning once you know that right is, is is how to manage your risk and how to stay disciplined oh, okay. and follow rules those are the three most important concepts for me that i focus on how to manage risk how to maintain discipline and how to follow rule follow a mm -hmm. plan now obviously discipline has a lot to do with psychology as well and yeah. that's where I think my role of um, being an accountability partner comes in is because I'll, a lot of new traders struggle with that. I struggle. They have this impulse of, of always needing to go back into the market for some reason. And, and I experienced that, so I know exactly what it's like. Yeah. Right? And, and I think having being an accountability partner for, for someone really helps because um, I've seen how it helped me. In the beginning right yeah 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 so that is the main main core three things that i focus on because i believe personally um as a trader once you know everything once you learn everything um the real the most successful traders out there are the ones who are able to manage their risk really well yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, you know trade, trading trading partners are um yeah you know use useful a bunch you know um i i, I hack that by trading in public but yeah definitely having a trading partner is is of great help so lastly man before i let you go um yeah what what's what's what are some of the uh advices that and when you first heard them they sounded very very great but then with the benefit of hindsight, you're like, ah, that was actually bad advice. Um, in, the, in the training field, right? Um, I think I, you know, I never, so I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a few, but just to give you some track, I never really discounted, especially when I started getting more experience, I never really discount people's opinions. 
um, even if it could be wrong. And the reason for that is because the markets are, it's, it's a funny thing in a sense that no one knows what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? So in a way, everyone is actually, I wouldn't say lying, but, but everyone, whatever they're saying in terms of predicting what the possible outcome is, they are, they're not saying the correct, they're not telling people the correct answer because they actually do not know themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because no one knows. No one knows what's going to happen, for example, today when the market's open, where the price is going to move, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I've always been that person to, once I became experienced, to understand that and then be open-minded enough to, okay, be like, if someone, for example, on social media says this or someone... I'm speaking to tells me this. Um, I'll take what they say and really try to understand and see how that fits with my own perspective and overview of the market as a whole. Um, also, see how that fits in with my strategy, um, and and really try and see how how with that information, how many other people are saying the same thing, or have I been thinking about that specifically? Have I been thinking about the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but really to answer you, I don't think there's, there's, there's been any, because it's that is not whenever someone tells me or suggests something, um, I don't take, I don't view it from a perspective of, okay, no, this person is telling me something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. However, I do, <clears throat> I do remember there was, <laughs> there was when I started off, I used to look at social media and people would say, buy for example amazon now right i just bought amazon i'm up um and that is something that i learned the hard way so i would then take that same advice and i would actually go and trade and buy amazon not knowing that i would have bought it at the top when it was being overbought right (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah that is i think that is one advice that I have now taken, which is, and, and basically the advice is when someone tells you to do something right now without you properly understanding where, for example, the price of that specific stuff is, um, without you understanding the whole context of that stock that they're speaking about, right? Yeah. So, but it was mainly through fear, um, through FOMO that I had done that, you know? Um, so that is one thing I would say is really not just taking people's um, suggestions and implementing them without having a good understanding and seeing whether it fits with my own strategy and plan. Oh, okay, got you, got you. Nehman, thank you, thank you very much. Um, and uh, uh, how, how can people get through the program and how can people find you, uh, your contacts and their like? So for those of you guys who, Want to contact and um, find me? I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram, you can search for my handle is Fred the Investor, small caps or one word. Um, that's my Twitter and Instagram handle. I'm also on LinkedIn, just Fred Babu. Um, yeah, but I'm mainly active on Twitter, right? That's where you guys can find me. And if you go to my Twitter and Inst- Instagram links. Um, you can go on my profile, you'll find a link. Um, on that link, it should take you to another 
couple of links where you can see, it'll say one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. You can then go then read the information that's provided on there and then book a session with me. Um, and then that's normally the introduction session. It's normally free. That's where I get to know you, get to see where you are and what exactly, um, what exact program that you want to take up, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm also on YouTube. Um, don't really, I haven't really been active much on YouTube, but you can find me on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, that's the four main areas you guys can find me. Cool, cool. No, thank I, and you. my DMs are open as well. Um, my DMs are open. If you guys just pop me a DM with any questions or query about anything related to stocks, I'm always, um, I'm always, I'm a friendly person. I always try and respond um, with what I know. If I don't know, I'll, I'll tell you that I don't know, and then I'll try and direct you to possible resources or people that, that might know. Oh, okay, cool. No, thank you. I'll, I'll leave your, your, your contacts in the show notes below. Nemaji, thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, that's all we have for the show today. Unless there's something else that I missed that you want to add. Um, no, thank you so much, Jabulo. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's a pleasure. Um, I really enjoyed speaking to you. Um, yeah, and I hope everyone out there enjoys <laughs> this podcast yeah yeah man i i really enjoyed the, the the conversation as well and thank you thank you very much for borrowing uh for borrowing me your time it's a pleasure so it's a pleasure thank you thank you yeah. as well so, so yeah that's it for the show this week thank you for hanging with us be sure not to miss another episode of the village trader podcast by subscribing on the favorite podcatcher we everywhere where good podcasts are aggregated google spotify itunes and you know do drop a review and help us be popular on iTunes and the like. And we're also on YouTube at Village Shooter ZA. Do follow me at Village Shooter ZA on Twitter. Uh, and there's a Village Shooter Facebook page. And also do follow me on Trading View. I do post some, some dope ideas there around the charts. So yeah, um, Fred, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Check you next time on the Village Shooter. Cheers. Cheers.